Could Ole Miss be about to run it back in the transfer portal? We talk about where a potential target could exist and why that should make you think of last year, honestly. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thank you for tuning in for the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and upvote the video itself, or participate in the conversation by commenting down below. We'd appreciate it very much. All right, could Ole Miss be raiding USC again in the transfer portal? Now, what I'm about to say is complete speculation and, and you know, the transfer portal is notoriously hard to read. We talk with Mike Huseman from time to time and he lets us know that it, it, it's a difficult thing to read. And what you need to know about this is that Gary Bryant Jr. has entered the transfer portal. Now, why is that important? Well, he was in that same class, I believe, with Jackson Dart and... um. Michael Trigg, or the class after it, or the class before it, I mean. He was a 2020 Jackson Dart, and Michael Trigg was a 2021. And in that 2021 year, he developed a rapport with Jackson Dart throwing the ball. So there's tons of people that are going to speculate this is going on. I am not alone here. Um, But he ended up catching 44 balls, nearly 600 yards, He had seven touchdowns. He was a big play threat. He did kickoff returns. He did punt returns. He was their all-around guy. He did stuff. And last year, Lincoln Riley came in. He did not get the action that the other receivers did. Jordan Addison did. Sidney Rice did. Those guys became the primaries on the USC team, and he chose to redshirt. So we all tracking. All right. So he has entered the transfer portal, and honestly, this would be an amazing fit for Ole Miss. Now, this is bad news for Jordan Watkins and Jalen Robinson, two talented dudes that are sitting in that position, but he would be a dynamic Elijah Moore level slot receivers to play in the Ole Miss offense. If anybody has any questions of what it would look like, look at what Elijah Moore did in Ole Miss's offense in 2020. Same type player. I don't know how much he would return punts. I don't know what he would do there. I don't know if he would be the kickoff return guy. But in the slot position, with Caden Priestcorn that has come in as a tight end and Michael Trigg that could develop into that elite tight end, This offensive skill position with the addition of Gary Bryant Jr. would be phenomenal and potentially could be one of the better units in the Southeastern Conference. Gary Bryant, a top 50 player. I think Michael Triggs, a top 50 player. Jackson Dart's a former top 50 player, former Gatorade National Player of the Year. Then you have Quinshawn Judkins, who ran for 1,500-and-something yards last year. You have Chris Marshall, a former top 50 player. You have Trey Harris. Um an all-conference USA player. Skill position, they they would be set 
all along, you're not replying on anybody. It would be a true composition, competition for each of the positions. It would be exactly what you want and exactly what we think all of this offense can be. There's some dudes out there. Some absolute dudes. And everybody's going to say, hey, Steve, what about the offensive line? My answer is, they're going to probably bring some people in on the offensive line, but don't worry so much about the offensive line. There's good offensive linemen that didn't play last year because last year we did a different thing. Once the strengths raise, different players are going to show up. Um, was it Jaden Williams, Michael Pettis? Those guys didn't emerge till we played the style of football that we decided to play. John Garrison will find his own guys. We'll talk about offensive needs in the third segment, um, and so I'll digress a little bit. But the important thing is, Gary Bryant Jr. would close the middle of the field for Ole Miss football. Absolutely. He would dominate it. It would make the defense absolutely worry about the slot position, and we would use the tight end position as well as weapons. Outside, you have Marshall Harris. Those guys on the outside that can make all kinds of noise. Aiden Williams, who is going to get some playing time. My point is, skill-wise, skill position-wise, should Ole Miss go after Gary Bryant Jr. and Gary Bryant Jr. says yes, all of a sudden this offense is dynamic. More dynamic talent-wise than at any point in their history um, with Lane Kiffin. That includes 2020 with Kenny Yeboah and Elijah Moore. The outside receivers weren't quite there. Then you lose Elijah Moore and the Kenny Yoboa, and the outside receivers kind of take up the slack. You have Jonathan Mingo. You have to use Dontario Drummond as an inter interior slot receiver. Last year, we had no tight end at times. Lots of 10 personnel was run. Casey Kelly wasn't quite that dude. The slot receiver, Jordan Watkins, Played all right against Vanderbilt, but he had some stuff that he needed to do. This would be the best of both worlds for Ole Miss football moving forward. This offense would have a chance to be absolutely dynamic. And there are still going to be some holdouts on Jackson Dart. Now, I understand that. That is absolutely fine. Some people are going to um, talk about him turning over the ball last year. I think he had 11 picks over the course of the season. And he is going to get better. Just remember that when Matt Corral was his age, he was benched and on his way to Oregon. Well, I guess at this point, Lane Kiffin was here and, and Corral was getting ready to have his epiphany. So Jackson Dart's going to develop. Michael Trigg is going to develop. Hopefully Gary Bryant Jr. comes in and takes in that position, Caden Priestcorn, going to develop. The offense has a chance to be dynamic and do multiple things. Really, really impressive stuff. I'm pretty fired up, as you can tell by the sound of my voice, but pretty impressive stuff. You know, coming up later on the show, in the next segment, we're going to talk about what the defense could look like with Pete Golding. We look at if if, if that rumor develops fire, can that defense change over? Would it be that much of a risk for Ole Miss? 
In the third segment, we talk about offensive needs that Ole Miss needs to um, hit in the next week, period. Because these are the holes that need to be closed down. And the offensive line, you know, that could be a thing. We'll talk about that as well. But anyway, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and, you know, other things out there as well. Well, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online, where the game starts, whether you're betting on any sports, college basketball. I think they even have lines about college baseball from time to time. So if you're interested in it, give Bet Online a look. Um, you will not regret it. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now make sure to check out our second brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so I've got a couple phone calls today, um, honestly, about Pete Golding. And I, like I said, I'm not in the news breaking business. I'm not trying to break news. But those phone calls made me think there's a little bit more smoke than I thought even this had. So we will see how this goes. Um, Pete Golding and his defense, we're going to talk about what he would bring to the Ole Miss defense. As somebody that when he was at UT San Antonio, and his defensive coordinator for Frank Wilson and the Roadrunners, he was a four-down guy. He was a four, um, a four-two-five guy, four-three guy. That was him. His mo. He went to Alabama from U2TSA. From all accounts, Saban loves him. He's a wonder kid um, when it comes to X's and O's, and he's a heck of a recruiter. So he's he's wanted there. Now the fan base, fan base can be weird. So the fan base might not want him, but he is wanted by the person that it counts. So when it comes to Pete Golding and Ole Miss, you know, like I said, it's the button that everybody pushes. Anytime there's a um, something coming up, they will talk about what's going on. And Pete Golding and Ole Miss makes a ton of sense, honestly. The personnel that Ole Miss has matches up for really both ways that Pete Golding would want to um, – take it as the defensive coordinator if that's what he chooses to do. Now, if Chris Partridge stays, like I said, this defense needs to evolve. It doesn't necessarily need to change, if that makes sense. But let's look at this for giggles, essentially. What a four-man defensive front defense with the same personnel would look like at Ole Miss next year. Because if Ole Miss switches to three or four man, what would that look like? Does Ole Miss have the personnel to do it? Because you hear me all talk all the time. System fit is the most important thing. So can Ole Miss get off of what they have and move to something more sizable? How about that? So a three technique, which is whenever you have a four down front, three technique is going to be very, very important. 
J.J. Pegues is a super athletic player. He can absolutely play three technique on the defensive line. Taiwan Malone is big enough to where he could come inside and play three technique. And you've got a two deep right there. At nose guard, you have Josh Harris, who just transferred in for North Carolina State, and Xavion Harris, the um, young player that got some PT this year at nose guard. So, good player, nimble player. Those two people will eat up double teams in the middle of the defense, which is important. Now, if Pete Golden does comes to Ole Miss and decides to do the four-down stuff or the three-down stuff, if he decides to do the three-down stuff that he's been doing at Alabama, should he come to Ole Miss? That involves a jack. That is a specialized pass rush position that also plays a little bit of outside linebacker. Think um, what Sam Williams did under Mike McIntyre. Similar type stuff. He's going to drop back. He's going to come forward. On both sides... They want to have somebody that can rush the passer and get after the quarterback and the other one go into coverage. So it's a specialized position, okay? This is the problem with a true 3-4 if they decided to do that. Like I said, nothing's confirmed. This is all speculation. But I wanted to think about what the defense would look if there was a change. Do we have the personnel personnel to change systems? Are we in too deep with the 326? Stuff like that is the reason I'm doing this. So, two down and a four man front. Now, you have Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey who can play a strong side defensive end position. That, that would be absolutely fine. That's 270 plus pounds. They could absolutely man that side. That jack position, that rush position. That becomes the issue. Now, I understand that you can take um, Kari Coleman and put him there and turn him loose and let him go. He would do pretty well, but he's only 20, 220 pounds. You want somebody that weighs a little bit more um, to avoid that physics problem that we saw this year. So this would be a transfer portal piece with a 3-4 and honestly as a 4-3 that Ole Miss would probably need to look at. Um. This is somebody, honestly, like a Javante Jean Patiste, Jean Patiste. That position would do well, and then you can back him up with a Kari Coleman. At linebacker, you see some larger guys. Ole Miss recruited larger guys. They need to recruit some more, and I think they're recruiting um, Austin Keys back on campus, out of the portal, to try and win him back again. As a bigger guy, the defense needs to get more athletic and bigger. It's a physics problem on defense. It's not a scheme problem. It's a physics problem. Now, the scheme could make the physics problem more exasperated, but you get my point. As Hugh Freeze called it, a size-speed ratio. That's what you're looking for. And this defense schematically, as far as the back end, I have no worry about the secondary at the moment. I honestly don't have much worry about the linebacker, although we have just we have a week to kind of get where we need to be. And the front can do both. The front's there. We have the personnel to do it. And when you look at it and you look at how they play, you can see how the pieces will fit. So should Ole Miss evolve this defense, the pieces are in place to do it. So don't worry about 
so much them being of lack of a fit for a certain system. Because the players that can do what needs to be done, they're there. And we'll see exactly what this team's look like, team looks like going forward. When we come back, we're going to talk about the offensive needs that are left with a week left to go in the portal. There's, there's, This is important. We talked about these skill positions all during the first segment and how great it is and how it is all set up to be fantastic. If the offensive line isn't where it needs to be, it's all for naught. It all means nothing. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right, thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and comment by commenting down below um, and upvoting the video. And we'd appreciate it very much. Thank you very, very, very much. All right. In this last segment, and we decided to put it here because normally we do segments that are good standalone segments in the third segment. That isn't necessarily the case right now for this one. We're going to take tonight and do our Twitter Spaces replay. And so we had time to actually talk about something that didn't have to be a standalone, can be a real thing, can be an extension of what we talked about in the first segment. We talked about all the skill weapons that Ole Miss has accumulated. Absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. It's they somehow improved a unit that was already really good. Uh, they have a chance to have a six, seven, eight deep wide receiver room next year. They have a chance to let the running back room just cook. Gatorade National Player Year at quarterback, they're handling the tight end position. Now, even though you have Priest Corn, you need to make sure you get Trigg ready. Trigg doesn't want to get ready, you need to make sure Heath's getting ready. If they're not ready, you need to make sure Connor's getting ready. You need to make sure that this ha what happened against Mississippi State does not happen again. Period. That cannot happen. Because when you look at this, the roster's in fine shape. The roster just needs to be made ready to go. You just have to use it. The players are there. Really good players. You have to make sure they're ready. And that starts right now. The offensive needs for the transfer portal, honestly, I would take a center. If there's a center in the portal, I would take it. Because when I look at this offense, one of the foundational keys of this offense is the jet sweep. The snap problems that Ole Miss had made the jet sweep less of a weapon this season. The jet sweep's important because it causes the linebackers to take false steps. And whenever they take false steps and they get to the hole a half a second late, that makes the running back that much more effective. That makes the hole a little bit longer, a little bit wider, and that they can get through and gain big yards. What might be a three-yard run becomes a seven-yard run. What might be a seven-yard run becomes a 15-yard run. What might be a 15-yard run gets broken for a touchdown because of the false step created by the jet sweep. This team was unable to run it because of snap problems early in the year. People got scared. The timing got messed up about the snap moving forward. They need to work on that or get somebody that can do it before next season starts. It's going to be important. We saw how Texas Tech was able to tee off on the running backs. Well, that is because of the lack of a passing game in the middle of the field off of RPOs. 
and because of the lack of the jet sweep. So a center would be somebody that I personally, in my opinion, would look for in the transfer portal in the last week. We'll see exactly how it goes. But a solid center can make this offense even more dynamic. Now, interior offensive linemen, you see Ole Miss bring in interior guys over and over again. That means two things to me. One, they want to build up as much depth as possible to where they don't have to necessarily move center, um, tackles inside. They want like the interior offensive linemen to be their own thing. They want to leave um, Jaden Williams and um, Micah Pettis alone and let them to develop. Um, second, I think they want more options. I think they would like to sign a center so they can move Caleb Warren to one of the guard positions. He's one of the better run blockers that Ole Miss has. I think he would be somebody that would be interesting to see moving at one of the guard positions, either left or right guard. Eli Acker, I'd like to see what he does in year two. There's a lot of questions with Jake Thornton of what he was with correct with. Now, John Garrison... With offensive line coaches, it's almost like strength coaches. You know, it's like a wave of magic wand and everything's going to happen. But it it does tend to happen. They they develop favorites, and you will see a different offensive line than you saw this year, in my opinion. You might see Pettis and you might see Williams out wide, but interior they may change it up, and that is because what is important to one guy is not important to the other. It the offensive line coaching is not an exact science. Rankings for offensive linemen, if you ask 100 different people, you would have 100 different avows. So when it comes to offensive linemen, know that Ole Miss is going to kind of do their own thing, and it's going to look a little bit different. But this offensive line is going to be key for these skilled players to make their plays. When you have, let's say, everything works out, and we all have questions of what about what what if they don't? We understand that. But let's, let's just think about if it all works out and if Ole Miss was able to go after and get Gary Bryant in the transfer portal who just locked in, okay? You have linebackers. It doesn't matter if it's two or three. It doesn't matter if it's Georgia's linebackers because this is what they're going to have to deal with, Right? Pre-snap, you have jet sweep motion from Gary Bryant that you have to get wide on because if they get free, it's a problem. So you have to be ready to go if that is your responsibility. The second thing could be an RPO off of that where the tight end goes behind either the Sam or the Will linebacker. That's an option. So you have to move back. Um, You're worried about the ball going over your head. You have the jet sweep motion. You're worried about the ball going over your head. So that could cause a false step to go backwards. Okay? You could have another RPO running at the same time that you're worried about. Maybe a seam route to either the tight end or um, something like that. Again, you're worried about backing up. Third, you have a 1,500-yard rusher that is going to pound you if he can. So it's another situation where the linebackers can't be right. And that helps the offensive line blocking. Because remember, in this system, 
most everything is a run block. They are pretty consistently calling um, RPOs and run plays. So whenever it comes time and they're forced to pass block, they're not going to be as good as you think they should be. So the false steps, the linebackers, they're jittering all over the place. And like I said, this is let's pretend it's Georgia. Let's just pretend it's Georgia. So now the safeties are going to have to constrict and try and take away the position, the little bit of five-yard bit of turf between the linebackers and them. They're going to have to step up and worrying about the slot receiver and the tight end. They're going to have to always pay attention to that. That is what's going to be in their head. So the safety's coming up. That's where somebody like Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, those guys on their deep shots, what I call 10% Lane Kiffin shot plays, that comes into fruition. So what it makes is the middle of your defense not being able to be right. Now, that right there is in position. We've got those players in position now. And if Gary Bryant comes here, it, the offense will be more dynamic than it has ever been during the Lane Kiffin era. So that makes what makes the offensive line difficult. I think Victor Kearney, um, who's visiting Oklahoma, he's visited Ole Miss, apparently went really well. There's other players that are popping in. We'll see what happens right at the end. I think players are going to jump in the portal at the end because they don't want tampering charges to pop up. Oh, no, I had to just jumped in the pup, um, portal, and I had to make a decision quick because the window was closing. So you're going to see players that jump in in this last week, and it's going to be crazy busy. And whenever we do our um, transfer portal deadline day live stream and talk about 30 minutes of exactly what Ole Miss was able to get out of this portal class, because right now they've got some dudes at wide receiver and tight end. There's nobody that can say anything. The only thing that people can say anything about is the lack of numbers at this point. Because I think Ole Miss is at, what, 19, 20 players right now? And this was always going to be a small class because of all the COVID stuff and what's going on. Last year, whenever they signed players, they were two- and three-year players. They're, they're back. So the numbers crunch the 85, I mean, is going to be harder to work around. So we'll see exactly. Like I said, I don't want to play the numbers game right now because I'm not 100% sure because of all the COVID years and what's going on. So we'll figure out how this works. But offensively, if Ole Miss does not take advantage of the portal somehow in the, on the offensive line, specifically, I think, with a center, um, it, it could be problematic. It kind of is what it is. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right, moving forward, just so everybody knows, live streams whenever a commit comes in, big news comes in, stuff like that. We're going to do like a micro 15, 20-minute live stream. Um, and put that on YouTube. You're going to have the Locked On Show, which is basically going to be centered around what the most members of the Ole Miss fan base want to talk about. 
Right now, that's not college basketball. We're trying to find ways to cover it, but right now that is not what it is. So we'll see exactly how it, it goes down. Anyway, till tomorrow, thank you very much. I will keep going, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.